Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference is coming to Dallas, Texas, February 16, 17, and 18 in 2018. If you know of a better way to get the latest insider knowledge about crypto, to hear directly from the top minds in this field, to interact personally with 800 fellow crypto lovers, hodlers, investors, miners, traders, developers, and founders, then I'd like to hear about it. If you don't, then you don't want to miss out. Register today for the Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference. Go to BitcoinSuperConference.com and register today as a super early bird to get the lowest rates on tickets and hotel rooms. That's BitcoinSuperConference.com. Welcome to Almost Here, Round the Corner of Future Technology podcast with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used. We're just around the corner from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Hello and welcome everyone to the Future Tech Podcast. My name is Josh Thomas, and today uh, we have a special guest. We're here with Tatiana Moroz, who is a singer and songwriter uh, who has a an interesting, colorful history where she has uh, sang about activism, everything from Ron Paul to Bitcoin. Welcome, Tatiana. Hi, thanks for having me on. Well, we're glad to have you. And so, um, you know, as I'm as I'm learning a little bit more about you, uh, I I. I want to know, uh, what kind of song do you write about Ron Paul? Um, well, I don't know if I wrote a song specifically about Ron Paul, though I did write Ron Paul Revolution, um, which did specifically call him out in this song. I've actually mentioned him in one or two songs. So I try not to make every single song a Ron Paul song, but the themes of liberty are, are pretty prevalent in my music. I think even before I knew what libertarianism was about, I think it's a pretty common philosophy that most people don't necessarily know to name. So at least that's how it was for me. One of the reasons that we have you on here, Tatiana, is because you're an advocate of uh, blockchain in the arts. Can you tell me a little bit more about what that means and specifically what it means to you? Uh, sure. So as a child, you know, I had um, very strong, a very strong interest in the way that things were organized. And I saw early on that music and a message could be linked together. So I was really inspired by the 60s and 70s peace movements and things like that, but my own generation didn't really have that. Um, and I wondered, you know, as we plotted through the 2000s, why there were no anti-war songs, even though, I mean, what, did all of the artists in the country just become pro-war all of a sudden? And, and I attributed that to a lack of uh, sort of almost like a musical cartel and a lack of access to resources to other types of artists. So a major label, they have an interest in... Um, providing a nice return for their investors, and it's an easy play for them to choose an artist, for example, like Britney Spears. But if it's something that's a little bit more controversial, they don't know if they're going to make um, their money back on that. So when I started thinking about all the different artists that I had known in my recording studio days, I started thinking, well, maybe if we could just open up the access to the funds for other artists and give them a direct connection with their fans, then we could potentially cut out some of these middlemen and even, let's say, an artist doesn't necessarily need to be as big as Beyonce or something, but by finding their tribe early on, it allows them to have a sustainable career. So what we did with Tatiana Coin, which was the first ever artist cryptocurrency in the world, and it was an experiment we did in 2014 that actually funded my third album, Keep the Faith, 
uh, we created an artist token, and basically people would donate money, and then they would get, um, instead of, for example, in a regular Kickstarter campaign, you know, let's say you donate 50 bucks, you get a T-shirt. Well, here you'd get $50 worth of Tatiana coin that you could use in my store at any time later, and you could also send it to some friends. You can use it to access different kinds of exclusive fan content. So there's almost a little bit of a Patreon kind of super fan club uh, element to it. And the goal was to really put the power back into the hands of the fans and the creators. And if people want to add additional layers of music industry assistance, because let's face it, you know, a record label is a great thing to have in certain respects, then they can do it on their own terms instead of having to essentially get a terrible loan and being at the mercy of the record label to put out your record in the first place. Now you could take control of that. And I think that that's really in the spirit of, of cryptocurrency in general. Okay. And, uh, you know, you mentioned, uh, you mentioned Patreon in there somewhere, right? Mm-hmm. And how does this, how does this differ from Patreon? I mean, you can, you can go on there and for those of us that aren't familiar, it's kind of like the, the GoFundMe or Kickstarter for artists in a way. Uh, how does this differ from that? Um, well, Patreon actually has a monthly donations, so we don't do it that way. And also we have more of a transferable fund token. The cryptocurrency element is tradable, and it also allows people who have a coin with someone not to be dependent. For example, Patreon, if they don't like your content, they can take you off of there, and they essentially own your relationship. Just like how Facebook owns your relationship with your fans, how Twitter owns your fans, because if you try and leave those platforms, you're unable to, whereas with a coin, you basically have freedom. Now, when we created the coin, it was very challenging because it was like having a car without any roads. And me and Adam Levine from Let's Talk Bitcoin, another Bitcoin podcast, he and I kind of collaborated on this and then he had to basically go out and create tokenly in order to um, create this playground for artist coins and, and for fans and creators. Um, and so that's been, you know, our, our goal is to make it as artist friendly, but if you want to leave the platform, you can, and you could take your fans with you. And I think that that, that autonomy, we don't really find in typical platforms today, even though there are elements of, from each that we're inspired by when we're creating our product. Okay, very good. And and so how has that uh, developed over the years? You said that it was an experiment in 2014. What has that turned into now that we're in 2018? Sure. Um, so basically, Adam founded Tokenly, um, I think, I don't know, it was in 2015 or 2016, which was more of a formalized um, organization for something that he had been sort of working on in his spare time and hiring people individually. Uh, the company went on and they raised some money through Bank to the Future. And so they've been developing a series of products. We've worked with different kinds of companies. I, I say we because I advise them. Um, so, you know, and I also think of them as, as the folks who created my vision for their music product, which is Token.fm. And so we were pretty ready to launch that at the end of last year, at least in its beta version, and it was really robust. But because of the SEC regulations, um, it's sort of the, the kind of thing where we, we feel that it would be best to do it with a partner versus trying to do it alone just because the SEC can be um, quite aggressive and, and the jury's still out. But if we find the right partner, it makes the whole endeavor better. So we've had to, to kind of take a step back. And now Tokenly is working on some other things, um, a market system, and uh, they've been doing token sales for a really long time. So uh, they've got a lot of other kinds of clients other than the, the music product. Okay, 
Very good. And so uh, you're coming to, uh, for for those of you that maybe have been living in a cave or, uh, you know, deserted on an island for the last six months, uh, there we, we have a conference coming up. Uh, it's called the Bitcoin Super Conference, and it's in Dallas in mid-February. Uh, and you're you're attending this event. You're going to be speaking. And, and did I hear you're going to be singing as well? I hope so. I, I'm not really sure where we're going to squeeze in the singing part, but Normally, when I do my talk, um, I I include live music to sort of illustrate different points and sort of show different songs and, and why they arose and, and sort of give people like an organic feel for for how that works for me as an artist, but also a little bit as a representation of, of the history of Bitcoin as well, just because I've been involved for such a long time. Uh, it's it's kind of neat to, to tell it in context. Okay, excellent. And so... Uh, aside from uh, you know tokenly, which you've kind of taken a step back on, talk to me about some of the things that you're focusing on now. Um, well, 2018 is going to be really busy. I have um, I have plans to record a new record between April and May. Uh, next month, I'm going to Satoshi Roundtable. Um, there's the World Crypto Economic Forum. I'm doing, of course, the conference with you guys, and uh, quite a bit of travel. And then I have a company called Crypto Media Hub, and we do marketing and PR and consulting and community management, that kind of thing in the space. Um, our main client right now is Zencash, so we've been putting a lot of work into that, and I'm really excited to see how they're doing and all that. But we're also taking on new clients. So um, between all of that and uh, my own podcast, The Tatiana Show, I'm, I'm keeping pretty busy, but hoping to get as much as, as much done as I can. If I can release a new record this year, which I'm planning on doing. I'll, I'll be, you know, I'll be sitting pretty. So it'll be nice to share some new music with everyone. Do you have a title for your new album? No, not yet. <laughs> I'll figure it out. I usually pick it. I usually pick <laughs> okay. it much later. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Mm -hmm. um, okay, well, very good. So a, a lot of interesting uh, things going on here. So tell us a little bit more about your marketing company. What are uh, what are some of the philosophies that you follow on that? Um, well, you know, I. I toyed around with the idea of the motto, you know, where the good cryptos go. And, you know, I I went to music school. I mean, it was one of the best music schools in the country, but it was music school nonetheless. And the way that I came into crypto was, was pretty organic. It was through the music side. But then I started working at Bitcoin Magazine um, as a sales director. So if people would reach out to us and they'd want to maybe do some sort of an advertisement, sometimes I'd have to turn them away because they wanted some a service that we didn't offer. And it seemed always a little bit, you know, like a missed opportunity. So I was in Australia and I was doing a video series around a tour that I um, had booked. And all of a sudden I got the word that Bitcoin Magazine was going to close because they were, you know, the sale was really dragging out. So it was just a couple of days before Thanksgiving. I was stranded there. And so I had to scramble. And I remembered back to that moment where I figured, oh, well, you know, I bet you there's other there's other outlets that have the same problem. Um, and I basically collaborated with all the different Bitcoin media outlets in the space and I made a deal with them where they would give me, you know, a little commission and then I would be able to bring the advertising options to my clients and secure them the best rates and also vet these different businesses because, you know, um, all ads are not created equal and not all publications have the, the professional level that maybe somebody working, for example, I was working in New York, so, you know, I was, I was used to a certain level of professionalism. And 
um, the company basically evolved from then. We've had a lot of different clients, but it's mainly been an operation of me and perhaps one or two different assistants. But in the past six months, that's really when things have ramped up uh, with Zencash being our main client. And then we worked on the Monage Conference. Uh, we also work with the Storm Token Project. And, um, you know, we have all, I think I can say the Legolas one uh, because they're signing the contract today. So, yeah, there's a lot of different things coming through. Um, and in general, I mean, we're we're trying to make it somewhere where we work with high-quality products uh, and projects. I don't really want to just take on everybody. I know that there's a big ICO craze right now. We try and shy a little bit away from the ICO business, even though, of course, you know, sometimes we do ICOs. But um, I'm really looking to build long-term relationships with teams and also have them be somewhat ideologically aligned with, with some of the goals that inspired uh, the people on my team in order to work in, in the cryptocurrency industry. Okay, excellent. And so some of the uh, the tokens that you're you're working with now, you, you try to kind of stay away from the ICO and you're looking for established teams with uh, a good reputation and they're they're updating their uh, their software and they're updating their community and uh, things like that. That's that's a good candidate and client for you. Yeah, I think so. And also the idea itself, you know, does it does it is it something that I need? You know, we're we're in this very very weird space where there are so many opportunities around us. I mean, we can really literally choose what inspires us and specifically work on that. So, you know, I I mean, I I would I would love to make more money. Everybody wants to make more money and I'm doing well. But my main motivation is not to take on 50 million clients and then just churn them all out. My motivation is to work on projects that I think will have a global impact potentially. And now that that's not every single project that I work on, but that is sort of a guiding light when we're considering where to where to put our resources. Um, you know, is this something that we believe in and does this inspire us? Wise words and good advice. Uh, Tatiana Moroz, uh, any final words for our audience here before we uh, wrap up? Um, well, I hope to see them all down in Dallas, so that'll be great. And if they want to catch up with me, uh, they can go to uh, TatianaMoroz.com or to CryptoMediaHub.com and uh, catch up with me there. I'm on all the socials. Excellent. Well, thank you for sharing uh, your story and your journey, and I uh, look forward to seeing your, your next album coming out this year. Me too. Thanks so much. I appreciate it. All right. Uh, until next time, everybody, thanks for joining us and listening to the Future Tech Podcast. The Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference is coming to Dallas, Texas, February 16, 17, and 18 in 2018. If you know of a better way to get the latest insider knowledge about crypto, to hear directly from the top minds in this field, to interact personally with 800 fellow crypto lovers, hodlers, investors, miners, traders, developers, and founders, then I'd like to hear about it. If you don't, then you don't want to miss out. Register today for the Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference. Go to BitcoinSuperConference.com and register today as a super early bird to get the lowest rates on tickets and hotel rooms. That's BitcoinSuperConference.com. You have been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post a review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.